everybody. This is One Shot Network. I am your host, Noir, and this is episode two of our Urban Shadows Adventures. I truly hope that you're enjoying our story so far as I try to corral these wacky players into our story. So without further ado, let's get into it. All right, and now, Foxglove, you've got your debts to cover. Yes. Someone disrupted a rare ritual of your court for personal gain, besmirching your reputation with your monarch. They owe you a debt. Oh, that's Kazoodle, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm a Kazoodle. Over this, I'm not going to get over this name. <laughs> you know what time it is, Kazoodle. Uh, all right. So Kazoodle, uh, you be you you disrupted a rare ritual. Um, you owe uh Foxglove a debt. Yeah. Uh, one of oh. my exes is on that high court, and Foxglove let me in, like <laughs> during the ceremony. Uh, so that that basically eventually got caught up with them. Oh, dear. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Next up, we have, uh, you are keeping something hidden on behalf of someone else from a powerful member of their circle. Ask them why, and they owe you a debt. So uh, who's got uh, who's got a secret that Foxglove is holding on to? The smallest thing can be delightful if only it is kept secret. A human actually said that. They get it sometimes. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be interesting if you've hidden away something that I messed up on. Maybe I accidentally got a vampire killed mm. and I had you hide the murder weapon. I get a murder weapon? Yes. Uh, Say less. Sweats and werewolf. <laughs> okay. I like it. And your last debt is you entrusted someone with an important and dangerous task. Ask them if they succeeded or failed. If they succeeded, you owe them a debt. If they failed, they owe you a debt. My partner or my partner? <laughs> you got two partners, which is very fay like <laughs> Listen, we're polyam. It's fine. Poly life. Woo. <laughs> Volunteers. Any takers, volunteers, or volatote? Okay, sorry. I was looking up lipstick colors. What was that? Uh, You entrusted someone with an important and dangerous task. Ask them if they succeeded or failed. If they succeeded, you owe them a debt. If they failed, they owe you a debt. So you would essentially be uh, the person that took the task, and you get to decide if you succeeded or failed. I can tell you what one of the other businesses I offer is. <laughs> what is it? Uh, the first one is, of course, uh, appraising and selling uh, magical items, but the other one is creating forgeries, disguises, and stolen identities. Ooh. Both useful. I do come by identities very naturally, as they. I've had like six of them this morning. <laughs> People just keep giving Give you their names. They're real like... names! Has no one told them? <laughs> 
That's you. That sounds like an endeavor that we might take on together. Mm. Names are nice, but it's really the social security number you want to go after. True names are. So no, the only thing better than a social born. security number. The only <laughs> the only thing better than a social security number is a true name. True. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Ziggy, taking it. Uh, if that's all right. Absolutely. Uh, did you did you fail or succeed? Is the question. Ooh, I'm that chance. I'm gonna roll. Even I, I succeeded. Odd. I failed. Let's Wait. What was the a... thing that I entrusted you with? Are you making that up? I was. I was thinking. Uh, one of the business aspects that I have of like forgeries and whatnot. Because even though you can come up with identities and whatnot, the FBI still is, exists. As does the, what? New, the <laughs> numerous other law enforcement agencies that will probably raise questions about. True. Certain things. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Let me deal with it. You're fine. Just hand it over to me. I'll take care of it. I, I, I like this relationship already. Uh, so I rolled a four. So yeah, I succeeded. Okay. Oh, good. I have more runway before they catch up with me. Yep. All right. Uh, and really quickly, did we get to everyone's debts? I think so. Right. I think that's all of us. Cool, cool. I think so. All right, so now we're just going to do one last run-through of everybody's playbook, and then we'll be able to start. And that's honestly character creation for Urban Shadows. It's real quick to the mm-hmm. point, and it's a communal thing, which is why I like I like it so much. So um, let's let's continue on with Foxglove. Uh, you get one move for free, which is Fairy Magic, which says you have access to gifts of your on uh, your court, uh, you can call upon magic to basically make someone suffer a harm. Uh, when you do that, you mark a corruption and you give your monarch a debt. Uh, this is a 2D, it's powered by the apocalypse, 2D6 system, 7 to 9, you succeed, but there's there's complications, 10 to 12, whatever you want to have happen, happens flawlessly. Um but you also get to choose two more moves. Have you thought of what two other moves you might want? When you mislead, distract, or trick someone through lies of omission or clever misdirection, roll with heart instead of mind. And that's called In Our Blood. I love it. And your other one? Scales of Justice. Cash in a debt with someone to use a power from fairy magic, including powers not normally available to you, Targeting them at no additional cost. This is why owing the Fae is bad. <laughs> Thank, Thank you it. for the powers, everyone. <laughs> All right. And of course, you get three Fae powers to choose from. Uh, uh, we, we can worry about that when, as, we, as, as they come along. But what I'm curious about is your court. You belong to a fairy court presided over by a monarch to whom you have sworn loyalty. Your monarch holds two debts over you. Tell the MC, that's me, what flavor, uh, what <laughs> flavor, what favors they've granted you to earn such holdings. So your court is? I am from the court of the queen above the sky. Hmm. Uh, which is a Baroque and formal court such that it is all too easy to trespass upon the etiquette of said court. Um, <laughs> not that I'm naming any names like Zoodle. <laughs> I was going to trespass upon whatever etiquette 
If you get another shot at that queen above the sky, you take it. You shoot that shot. <laughs> shoot for the moon. My God, you you do the best. Uh, oh, oh my God, I'm blanking on his name. Oh, uh, Krusty the Clown voice. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a little bit of Ice King. Oh from... my God, that's what it was. Yeah, it's I was like, been... I can't place it, but just now I was like, oh my God, James is doing a perfect Krusty. Oh. oh, yes, a culture. <laughs> <laughs> your next one is your monarch. Your monarch standing is represented by. You have some options. Which one are you picking? A magical aura unconcealable by even fairy magics. Ooh. Your monarch's got the sauce. And your rival is... A former lover. You owe them a debt for their kindness. Mm. Kindness and sincerity is just a little weird and uncomfortable for Faye. So I I like the... I like that for Arrival. I like it too. Now, the last thing that I wanted to show off on the playbooks are intimacy moves. Now, I'd like I'm I I stress this with uh, Power by the Apocalypse games and particularly Urban Shadows. Intimacy is more than just physical. Like if you're sharing a tender moment, if you're exposing yourself or being vulnerable to me, that is an intimacy moment. If we find ourselves in something that I believe is an intimacy moment, I will ask both both uh, individuals involved, would you consider this an intimate moment? If they say yes, then the intimacy moves apply. The phase intimacy move is when you share a moment of intimacy, physical or emotional, with another person, demand a promise from them. If they refuse you or break the promise, they owe you a debt. So... That's just one more aspect of the game that I think is really cool. Let's go on down to the imp. Mm. <laughs> the imp, uh, you you get your first imp move that you get is for free. It's called business as usual. When time passes or at the start of the game, you get to roll with mind. On a hit, uh, your usual operations provide an opportunity to advance one of your schemes or generate a new scheme of your choice. Uh, so we're starting a game, so you get the first roll of the game right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> so I get to roll 2d6 here? Yep, and you get to add your mind to that as okay. well. I rolled a 9 plus my mind, which is 2. Okay, so on a 10 plus, on a 10 plus, I believe you get to pick 2. A loyal customer reveals the secrets of a powerful NPC of my choice. An NPC who owes me a debt appears to make good on their obligation. Or a status negative three NPC or three NPC of your circle offers you a debt for your services on a miss, blah, blah, blah. Okay. All right. Uh, I think a loyal customer reveals secrets to me about a powerful NPC. <laughs> I'm going to choose Mr. Hell Braxton. yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. So when we start our game... That is going to be implemented in the plot. This, I, okay. I love that stuff. Next, we, let's go and look at your establishment. Of course, you get other moves, um, mm -hmm. but we'll let, have those come up as we play the game. Okay. Uh, but your establishment, you once served a powerful demon, but you seized upon a loophole, a contract that led to your establishment and won your freedom. Now you cater to a supernatural clientele from all four circles, securing your place in this world for now 
By default, your establishment has a permanent location, a small but loyal staff, and many regulars. Uh, you get to choose two services that you offer here. So which ones mm -hmm. are you picking? I, I chose appraising and selling magical objects mm -hmm. and creating forgeries, disguises, and stolen identities. Hell yeah. Uh, next, choose two assets you've acquired over the years. Mm -hmm. And for that, I chose uh, a skilled bodyguard or bouncer to provide security. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I chose a moving or hidden location in which only I can access. Holy smoke. Uh, can you tell us what that looks like? Yeah, it's just there's a door in the in down in the basement area of Impius that anybody else who opens it is a brick wall. <laughs> oh, that's cool. But when I open it, um, the bricks uh, hands come out and pull the bricks away and form uh, a stairwell that goes down to a sub basement. <laughs> awesome. Mm -hmm. All right. So we've. Uh, bodyguard and uh, hidden location. Next, you get to choose two troubles that plague your business. Yeah. So I chose a hard to move acquisition is attracting unwanted attention. So something that I acquired during the selling of magical objects has become very problematic and I cannot move it. I can't get anybody. I can't get a buyer and it's it's causing some some stress because <laughs> it can't stay here. Um, and the other one I picked was a demonic ex liege is seeking my immediate return. <laughs> <laughs> Leviathan oh read gosh. the fine print, realized he had been screwed, and is now very unhappy. <laughs> hey, it's Leviathan calling again. Uh, yeah. You didn't come to work again today. Uh, I've been trying to read you about your car's extended <laughs> warranty. It's Black Friday, y'all, coming up, and uh, we're going to need all hands on deck. Um, yeah. Next, we have your schemes. Schemes are risky deals and shady cons designed to expand your business. When you generate a scheme, choose and mark a primary circle, one of your services, and two complications. The MC will tell you what opportunities he seized upon. When you accomplish a scheme, select two boons and a payout. The MC will detail how they arrive. Generate oh a scheme whenever a boon or a move tells you to generate a new scheme. So with our opening move, you get to do a scheme. So let's uh, get into it. What, uh, I believe, what two complications are you dealing with right now? You promised someone involved something you don't have yet. I like that one a lot because <laughs> that is absolutely something Ziggy would do. Uh-huh. And then... You require an unreliable, or no, let's see. You need to steal something from a secure location. Ooh, heist. Uh, you need to wait for a predetermined time or event. You've attracted the attention of dangerous opposition. I like the idea of Uriel catching on to what I'm up to. Mm. Um, you need to steal something from a secure location. You must fool a powerful. I kind of want, I've attracted the attention of dangerous opposition. Okay. Uh, Uriel's kind of probably caught on. <laughs> Maybe it has something to do with the thing that I can't get rid of. Maybe it, maybe they stole Uriel's sword and I have it in, in my basement. I'm like, um, <laughs> I did not realize this belonged to Uriel. Get out of my head, Eric. <laughs> I need to get rid of this. All right. Now you want a sword of an archangel. Now you get to select two boons. Attract new business, generate a new scheme, pay down your debts, cancel a debt you owe, throw your weight around, take a debt on an NPC, grow your reputation, and mark a circle affected by the deal. Oh, I like that one. Okay, so that's... Mark a circle affected by my deal? Mm -hmm. uh, probably night, I would think. 
What is what does power do again? Power are individual uh, humans that have acquired power through like magic or like making a pact with demons, that sort of deal. Oh, oh, no wonder I have a negative one in that. Um, <laughs> oh, um, just because of my associations, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I've grown my reputation with wild. Okay. Mark a circle affected by the deal. Okay. I'll just mark the circle. And finally here, what will be your payout? You get to pick uh, plus one. one to any circle, hire fiendish underlings, acquire an arsenal, acquire a new asset, acquire a new asset, resolve a trouble, plus one to any circle. I see. There's a lot of it. acquire a legendary weapon. That's kind of what I did. Oops. <laughs> uh, acquire fairy magic. I'm going to mark that one down. Okay. So it's fairy magic that you'd be getting. <laughs> now. Because a demon with fairy magic sounds absolutely delightful. <laughs> Foxglove is giving you looks and I love it. Uh, your intimacy move is when you share a moment of intimacy, physical or emotional, with another person, promise to get them something they want without asking for anything in return. Give them a debt and take a plus one ongoing uh, to get what you've promised them. Okay. Yeah, that you know, you know. You know a demon loves you and he's just like, I'm going to get you something. Don't worry about how I got <laughs> it or what I want in return. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's almost a little scary if you ask me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so, Gideon. It's Hello. You're up. That's you're me. up. So, you are the sworn. You get. You actually don't start off with a chosen move. You get to choose both of your starting moves. So yes. uh, go ahead and tell us what are the two moves that you're taking. So I am choosing uh, protect and serve. When you read a charge in, in uh, charge situation, roll with mind. On a hit, ask the MC questions. Take plus one when you act on the answers. And on a ten plus, I just get to ask questions. Basically, the other one that I chose is hard to shake. When you follow an, the NPC through the streets of the city, roll with mind, and then uh, I follow them if I hit. Okay. Next is the oath. Uh, you've sworn an oath to serve an influential faction of power, an organization that relies on you to protect its members, punish its enemies, and defend its holdings. So, your masters, the masters you serve... Are an order of secret immortals. Okay, and are charged with? I am charged with uncovering their threats and enemies and destroying those who would thwart them. And your vows, when you break one of your vows, mark corruption. Uh, what are your vows? You have to choose five. Uh, my vows are to never strike the first blow. Never lie about your identity or purpose. Always protect the members of power from harm. Always seize that which your masters desire. And always avoid collateral damage. Okay. Don't want that blowback. And finally, you get a legendary weapon. Your masters have given you a legendary, uh, have given you a weapon. It's a uh, three harm holy anchor to wield in their name. Uh, holy is type of damage. Anchored is the fact that no one else can use it but you. A legendary artifact of an age long loss. Uh, so go ahead and choose one and let us know what you chose. I have chosen a sword wielded by rightful kings. All right, and so long as you bear this legendary armament, advance the uh, advance the name move uh, so i get a uh, plus one forward mm -hmm. to figure someone out yep and finally your intimacy move is 
when you're in an intimate moment with another person tell them if they matter more than your oath if you say they do mark corruption and they hold one they can spend the one at any time to summon you to their location all right that's gonna bring us to our wizard wizards start with two moves already chosen for them a channeling which is just your ability to do magic mm-hmm. and sanctum centaurum which is your sanctum when you go to your sanctum for a spell ingredient relic or tome you get to roll with spirit on a 10 plus you got pretty much just the thing on a seven and nine you got something close but it's flawed or lacking in some significant way perfect but the key but the thing i want to key in for you is your ward so you have a status three member of your circle that's been charged uh that has charged you with caring for an important ward they live and dine with you their safety is your sworn duty go ahead and choose two reasons why they need protection two reasons why they agree to this or one of each okay oh i'm sorry you have to choose two from each list below so two from each below okay yeah so you have to choose a total four all right uh so i am gonna say uh they are the heir to a powerful position or inheritance i think this is a true king my ward is definitely a true king and they are the key to a forbidden ritual or magical catastrophe. Definitely, if something happens, the world will end. And I can't remember if it's he ever sits on a throne or if he never reaches the throne. Uh, I wrote it down somewhere. It's in the Sanctum Sanctorum. I don't know where it is. Uh, but we'll come back to that soon. Why did I agree to this arrangement? Mm. Let's see. I think hmm, you hope to redeem yourself for a past failure. And I am in love with the status three member. So basically uh, an ex showed up at my apartment with like this true king like this heir to some throne somewhere and was like you got to take care of this kid and i'm really trying to get back together with his ex uh so i agreed to adopt a child uh in hopes that i might impress them (laughs) point it baby's not gonna save that relationship (laughs) just to make sure i'm on the same that so is the this ward, ward yes. uh, with whom you uh, agreed to uh, protect <laughs> yes. them to redeem yourself for yep. a past failure, mm-hmm. um, and they're in yeah. the... Fate well somewhere. Oh, wow! Oh, whose fault is that? I wonder. <laughs> Probably the person charged with protecting them, if I had to guess. Uh, no. No, it's anyone <laughs> around him who might have screwed everything up. Oh, well, keep a lookout for them. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Not quite, but I could round up if you need me to. (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) I'm sorry. Uh, The next part that we need to talk about is your sanctum. Mm -hmm. Uh, Choose and underline four features of your sanctum. 
So there are a number of features here. You get to pick four of them. Let's oh, see, four features. Mm-hmm. I, I picked I picked three. The, the first three that I picked, uh, it's got a scattering of relics and a library mm-hmm. of tomes. Uh, I also think it has a mystical prison. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go with portal to another dimension. Yep. I was hoping you could pick that one. You also have to pick uh, two downsides to your sanctum. Yeah, it is cursed by a former occupant. This is a place that like, um, I cohabitated with an ex and if we broke up, but I kept the apartment that they started with and it's hard to access. It's the sanctum of 10,000 keys uh, and I kind of remember where some of them are most of the time, but there are times where I just need to crash on somebody's couch because I can't get into my sanctum. Okie dokie. My intern usually sees to that, but he's lost in the Fey realms, so. (laughs) And your intimacy move is that when you're with another person uh, in an intimate moment, you decide if you care about them. If you do form a sympathetic connection, uh, you could target each other with magics at any range and intuitively know if the other is in danger. If you don't, mark corruption. And okay. finally, that's going to bring us to the wolf. Mm. So, yes, you do get a, a default move, which is called comes with the territory. If you're actively patrolling your territory when, uh, when time passes or at the start of a game, Roll with blood on a 10 plus, your territory is secure and trouble is at a minimum. Take one plus one uh, ongoing when you hit the street. So that's another start of the game move. So if I could have you go ahead and roll with blood. All right. Okay, that's going to be a seven plus two. That is a nine. Okay. On a seven and nine, one of your troubles surfaces uh, along with the opportunity to address it. And that will be factored into the plot when we start. So next, we need to take a look at your territory. You've claimed an area of the city as your own. By default, your territory covers a city block or two and has the trouble uh, of crime. Go ahead and choose two other aspects of your territory. Okay. I have chosen that I am widely accepted as this place's protector at the Blessing Supported. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, the people in our territory work hard to keep the streets safe, so we remove crime. Awesome. I love that. You have two other uh, two other lists to choose from, so go ahead and pick another two for me. Okay. Uh, you have offered protection within your territory to someone, and now their problems are yours. Mm. Add trouble fealty. Yep. Yep, uh, that's definitely because we're all totally responsible for all that. <laughs> and then for the second one, I would like to choose your territory is plagued by a mystical or supernatural presence. Add trouble haunted. <laughs> that's perfect. All right. And finally, we have to talk about your transformation. By default, you can change your uh, change it to your wolf form at will. In the sight of the moon, you gain 
uh, Mac or in the side of the moon. You gain natural weaponry to harm one armor and all the qualities and weaknesses you choose below. So go ahead and choose three aspects of your transformation. Okay. I am massive. I gain armor plus one and harm plus one. I am savage. Your harm is armor piercing and messy. And my last quality will be versatile. You take plus one ongoing to let it out. Okay. So what that means is you don't have to fully transform to gain some of the benefits of your form. Uh, and finally, your intimacy move is when you're intimate with another person, you create a primal bond with them until the end of the next session. You always know where to find them and when they're in trouble. Hmm. So we have our character. <laughs> we have hmm. our we have our characters and we have our plot. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Hey, you made it to the middle of the podcast. Awesome. Thanks for sticking with us. I'm still your host, Noir, and I've got some things to tell you. So let's get into it. Did you know One Shot Network's very own James D'Amato, the author of the Ultimate RPG series, also has a card deck out called the Ultimate RPG Campfire Card Deck that'll help you get in touch with your characters? Well, now you do. On top of that knowledge, you should also know that it's available at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and BAM! Books a Million. Gotta love saying that. Next, listener surveys for the one-shot host auditions are coming out. And we'd like listeners to let us know how you feel about each candidate and their game, including mine. <laughs> Patrons can look for updates with links to each survey on Patreon, while public feed listeners can find survey links at oneshotpodcast.com. Please support your favorite and help us choose between all these talented performers. And now, a word from our sponsors. Our story begins in the cold, brisk, cold night in Chicago. We see a golden streak of light come from the sky and land into one of the nicer neighborhoods in Chicago. We're going to say around Ravenswood. Astrid, this is around your territory. And so the moment that this golden light collides with the streets of your territory, you are aware. Do you make your way over to it? Or how do you handle just knowing that there is some something here that shouldn't be what time of day is it i'm going to say that the sun uh the sun has just gone down we're looking at 7 8 ish 8 p.m all right astrid is in the middle of getting ready for a show and something just stirs in her she is so deeply in tune with her territory that she knows there's some kind of smell on the air. Something is wrong. And climbing out of the drummer's seat, she excuses herself and she just immediately begins to make her way there. And the city almost, the city almost makes its way for you. It, the lights turn all the colors that you need to, them to as you make your way towards this destination. 
people instinctively move to the right uh so you have the sidewalk all to yourself it's this part of the city is yours and everyone in it instinctually knows to give you your space and so it's only a matter of minutes before you make it to an alleyway with a small crater inside and you see a light pouring from the bottom of this crater what do you do as i'm maneuvering through the street uh I am wearing a large beanie and I have shaggy black hair that has been unevenly cut. You can see that I am wearing an oversized black denim jacket, pants that are way too tight, strappy, definitely don't have pockets, and I'm wearing some clunky combat boots. And as I'm moving into this alleyway and I peer down and see this. It, the light is bright and you have to shield your eyes in order to make out what's at the bottom. Okay, uh, I'll pull back for a moment and I'll pull out some sunglasses and there are these oversized aviators. Go, oh, all right. <laughs> Slip them on and try to blink try to look at it it's a good call to put on your sunglasses because doing so dims the light just enough for you to make out a humanoid figure on the bottom and slowly they begin to stand and you see two massive wings on their back and as they see you they take a breath and the wings begin to slide into their back and this figure is wearing full plate armor and there is a sword on the hilt of the armor and the armor breaks away as if made of ash and just floats into the floats into the sky like fireflies and replaced as a shirt that looks very similar to yours and you see they hold their hands to their head and slick their pair back and by the time the action is done a beanie materializes on their head they wipe their eyes and sunglasses appear on their face they begin to take a step and the greaves and the the armor give way to camo pants and the armored boots give way to timberlands okay oh and he oh hell no Oh, what, what, what are you? Uh, instinctively, I pull out my butterfly knife. And this figure looks at you and goes, Love, I just had a sword. I don't think that your sword, no, your butterfly knife will do much in the way if I decided to keep the sword. What are you? 
thought the wings might have given it away, but I'm an archangel of the Lord, and I'm here looking for the boy. He should have pulled the sword by now. Uh, hesitantly, I fold up the butterfly knife, shove it in my pocket, and I begin to slowly back out of the alleyway. I'm not used to being stuck with relying on these two things for movement. Mind giving me a hand out of here? Mm, uh, nope. And I will back <laughs> out of the alleyway. <laughs> you just see a couple of steps. He's stumbling. It's just, this is terribly inefficient. <laughs> he just grabs on to the edge of the crater and pulls himself up. I'm looking for a young boy about yay high, reddish hair. But in the Listen, you're new around here. Uh, uh, yes. I don't know you. Why... I can't believe I'm having this conversation right now. Uh, I reach for my phone and I begin to stab it with one of my fingers. <laughs> so I see that humans have not gotten more useful since the days of Gamora. Fine, fine. Uh, what is it that inspires your lot? Is it money I, I can conjure up? Is it still drachma? Schmackles? <laughs> Coin, gold. I pause in <laughs> clearly what was about to call somebody for help at the mention of money. My head tilts just slightly and I push my sunglasses down the bridge of my nose. Uh, gold or silver works. Right. Um, your weight in gold or uh, silver if you help me find this young boy, uh, he's... Wait. Wait a second. <laughs> he, he stops talking and looks at you as if he's trying to figure out a very difficult math problem. I lift up the collar of my jacket and I sniff myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I apologize. This is going to be dreadfully uh, rude, but... Uh, what are you exactly? Uh, I'm someone that has financial problems, I'll be honest. Um, well, do you want help or not? Uh, I suppose. Uh, yes, I, I need help. Uh, there's a young boy, he's destined Yeah, to, you said that. Uh, he's... The once in future kings meant to bring peace to uh -huh. uh, this realm or to prevent the apocalypse, as it were. Uh, put in the charge of some sort of wizard. Yeah. Uh, I look entirely disenchanted at this conversation as I begin to text somebody. All right. Uh, maybe you have a name. I can start with a name or if you've got like, I don't know. A handkerchief or something? Uh, my name uh, is Muriel. Uh, the boy's name, however, is 
I was told that I would find a way and that the father would guide me, so I don't exactly have that information. But I, I, I believe that faith will take me to where I need to be. So if everything you works in court. You said your name's Ariel? Oh, no, what? no, no, Uriel. Uriel. Or at least that's how oh. it would be translated in this current area's dialect. As I uh, uh-huh. All right. Um, okay. Well, I know a couple of people. As long as I get my cut, I can make some contacts, I guess. You want to be cut? No, my share. Oh, of, of course, the, right. Yeah. Because of that. Because you're going to pay me. Yes. Otherwise, why would I help you? Well, truthfully speaking, I will not be paying you, but uh, in accordance to Father's. Wait, no, 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 no. I, who's paying me? Hmm. If we believe, then the gold will make it to you in accordance to the Father's plan. I put my phone away and I begin <laughs> to walk away. What? what where, are you, where are you going? <laughs> As I'm walking away, I will call Gideon. Uh, Gideon, your phone gets the lighter. Braxton, Owens, and Clive, this is Gideon. Hey, Gideon, uh, what's up? Hey, um, I just had the... Oh, this is Astrid. Um, I just had the weirdest experience. Please um, don't leave. <laughs> there's a weird person that came down in a pillar of light. I'm an angel of the Lord. Uh, Ariel, angel of Lord or something. They're looking for a ginger kid with a sword or I don't know. Ariel, do, you, you, mean, like... do you mean Ariel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Can you like help me drop a contract or something here? Uh. They said they want some help finding somebody. Maybe this is your department, too. Maybe we can get, you know, like a 50-50 split or something. Uh, they're a former client. Oh, uh, where are you located exactly? Uh, Ravenswood. Ravenswood? All right. I'll, uh, I'll be there. Traffic, probably about 30 minutes or so. Um, just give me a moment to get ready, and I'll, uh, I'll get my car. Okay. Uh, they're wearing a beanie. They're, they're kind of copying what I'm wearing. They're, so this you're telling weird. me that an angel of the Lord has, um, how do the kids say it, messed with your stees? Yeah, you're, uh, please don't say that again. And I hang up. I hated it the minute it came out of my mouth. Oh, you're already gone. <laughs> what was that, babe? Uh, apparently I have a, a uh, I, I need to uh, head out to Ravenswood. Uh, do you need anything while I'm out or do you want to come with? mind a field trip i'll pack the lunchbox uh foxglove has is like you know when you're nice to Faye, they'll do things around the house and they'll make food they really like it when you eat their food uh dear lord and so they have a little kitchen apron made entirely of daisies and they have a little plate and they get it into the little go box. Nice <laughs> nice little bento box for Gideon. Uh, incredible. Uh, Gideon uh, sort of grabs a suit jacket. Gideon's wearing a very nicely tailored uh, blue pinstripe suit. They are tall. Uh, they have blonde 
hair that's uh, fairly short cropped and neat and they wear a uh, little pair of uh, glasses uh, just sort of over the bridge of their nose. They've got uh, kind of fine features um, and uh, they uh, sort of grab an umbrella out of the stand even though it doesn't look like it's anywhere close to raining. Oh, this is perfect. They're a tall and small then because Foxglove quite, quite, quite small, probably needs a couple flaps to get up to eye level. Uh, they have very, very dark green hair that is very curly and has just whatever cool object they found that they like. Sometimes it is little wildflowers. Sometimes it's little bird feathers. Uh, sometimes like they really like classic Coca-Cola bottle caps. One of those is probably in there as a, as a little teeny tiny fascinator right now. Uh, but other than that, I think they're just wearing like a very long flannel shirt uh, that was pretty obviously never, never uh, theirs. I mean, it is now. That's how things work. Possession is nine tenths of the law, as Gideon will often say. Did you tell the ghosts that? Uh, no, they were more interested in uh, trying to tell me to get out of their apartment, even though I sent them a cease and desist from. It's it's not a, it's not really a, a matter right now. Uh, apparently, there's an angel in town. Yes, and something about making kids out of ginger. Kids out of ginger. Yeah, let's go see. I want to see a ginger kid. <laughs> All right. Uh, and Gideon will uh, hop in a very nice luxury sedan. Uh, uh, Seatbelts, foxglove. Which one's that? That's the strap that goes over your waist. Oh. Okay. All right. So this is quite. This is quite honestly a hit the streets roll. All right. So give me just a second here. Well, we're gonna. Oh, that's sweet. That's what is the AC awesome. of the streets? <laughs> the AC of the streets are a Chicago, so I assume it's. They're definitely <laughs> flat-footed for sure. Uh, <laughs> Not you very are, many hills. are you looking for Uriel or are you looking for Astrid? I'm looking for Astrid because presumably Astrid would know where Uriel is. All right, so what you're going to roll is two d six plus whatever your uh your knight is. Ooh, uh, I believe that my knight is nothing. Mm -hmm. So let's just roll our 2d6 then. Flat roll, let's go. That's not very good. That's only a six. Okay, we'll come back to you. Mm. Um, Kazoodle, what are you doing right now? Uh, Kazoodle is passed out on a park bench along the lake shore. He is wearing, you know, a uh, robe that is covered with embroidered moons and stars. Uh, and in the pattern of this robe, there are images of unicorns and dragons. Uh, awesome. He looks like he should be airbrushed onto the side of a van. Um, <laughs> his face has like this, this full and wild beard that is definitely uh, like a heavy gray. Um, definitely more gray than white, but he looks like he is so unbelievably old. It doesn't matter how old you are. You take one look at Kazoodle and go, that's an old guy right there. Mm -hmm. He 
is very skinny in his limbs, but also extremely rotund in his belly. It looks like all the fat in his body has just like collected on this like Santa Claus bowl full of jelly style belly that he has <laughs> that is very, very prominent uh, beneath his robes. Um, but he is, you know, along the lake shore, the, the, the sun is up, it's beaming down on him. His skin looks like it has permanent sunburn um, and, and somehow like sunglasses marks uh, uh, as well, um, even though he is not wearing sunglasses. And uh, he just like, I think, wakes with a start. Ah! Ah! <laughs> and what you, what you, the first thing that your eyes see is that your orb, you could tell that it is exuding an aura, request, requesting, pondering. Um, there's just a dark swirl and lightning uh, in the orb. Oh, man, my orb. Uh, he, like, paws at it. Um, the, he, he like brushes his hands across his chest, dislodging some Doritos from his beard. Um, and I think like in, in a pouch like pocket in his robe, he, he, he pulls out this like pulsating glowing orb. He like tries to dust off, uh, some of the crumbs, uh, from his belly and he sits the orb on his belly. It looks like just very comfortable there, very steady there. And, um, he, uh, Peers like, like he he looks at the orb and goes sight beyond sight, um and connects with the orb and immediately starts scrolling through Twitter before like uh, he gets another notification on whatever this uh, original contact was. Uh, well, uh, someone called me. Oh no, I better not have been texting people again. <laughs> uh. You and you find that, no, this is a, a request, and it is a request from the Council of Merlin, the Order of the Wizards in the city. Um, this is going to be to see how well you can decipher their message in your orb. I'm going to have you roll, uh, consult your contacts. So you're going to roll 2d6 plus uh, your power. Okay. That is gonna be seven. So just barely, barely got over that that hump. So the message is cloudy and slightly incoherent in those ways that wizards are when they're telling someone something of dreadful importance. Uh, I'm consulting my contacts, though, right? Mm -hmm. So, so this, yeah, this is. This means I this call a friend to interpret like emojis that I got in a text. <laughs> uh, for this particular instance, this is just going to be how well you relate to the message, the uh, Council of Merlin, because they speak in prophetic and, and enigmatic ways. And this is to see how well you're able to still basically speak wizard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm. sure. So you ponder the orb. And what you see is a look into the past. You see a dark and dreary and hopeless Camelot. And then you see a sword rise from the river. 
and you see a hand grasp that sword and lift it to the sky and a great light shines from the blade piercing the dark skies and you feel the hope that that blade instilled in Camelot. You feel the end of all things pushed back by this hope. And then you see a tracking number. (laughs) And you see delivered. And you see a massive box outside of a shop and a UPS delivery man open up the shop door only to see brick walls and you see him throw down his tablet in confusion and the message ends with the time for your ward has come and that's where the message ends Kazoodle like you know was snapped out of the orb and he like looks very sweaty or sweatier uh, because he was definitely sweating before and he goes Oh crap. Oh crap. Oh crap. Oh crap. Oh crap. If someone sees that package on the street, they're going to steal it. Kazoodle like gets up uh and like immediately starts tripping over his own robes. Uh so like pull like hikes up his robes, like grabs his orb awkwardly in one hand and starts running to uh the nearest location uh where they have those uh divvy scooters um uh, around the city. <laughs> Uh, we like smash cut to him uh, on Lakeshore Drive. Cars honking at him on one of these dumbass scooters, uh, making his way. I assume to to uh, Ziggy's establishment. Uh, yes. Too. Does that does he get a point of corruption for that? Uh, he should because that just made me violently angry. <laughs> on Lakeshore Drive. Up. Oh, oh, anyway. No, I love it. So you're making your way over. Do you try to give Ziggy any kind of heads up or are you just going to show up? Oh, yeah. Am I going to uh, orb and drive at the same time? You better (laughs) believe it. Kids, don't orb and drive. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um, Awesome. So tell me how... How does your orb interact with cell phones? I need to to know this. I think... It essentially does FaceTime, um, but it like it goes through their cell phone and still like charges whatever data on their plan, their plan, <laughs> but it will project a call directly into their mind. So like kind of when Kazoodle calls, you can't really refuse the call. I have a question. Uh, yes. Is Kazoodle the type of old man that puts the FaceTime call way too close to his face? Ah, uh, yeah, for sure. You have the worst angle on him, and he's always shouting at the phone when he doesn't need to shout. So, Ziggy, tell tell me what you're up to before you get this call. Uh, what time of day is it again? Uh, we're looking at 8 p.m. Oh, okay. Well, then the bar is open. Yeah. So he's currently in the back office just checking the books right now and uh, kind of just swilling, like kind of tapping on a nice glass of scotch as he's just going over his books. 
And I think it's at that point where you would see that there has been a delivery made. Okay. And looks down at his cell phone. Mm. Mm. Sets the scotch down. Uh, which, by the way, Ziggy is very much dressed in like, uh, you would not, I've actually, I, the way I kind of picture him is, and I, I pulled a reference, but um, the way I kind of pictured him is David Bowie's look in I'm Afraid of Americans. The yeah. music video. <laughs> so he's got like the the coat, the bright yellow, sh- like uh, like thick turtleneck sweater underneath it with the glasses and the short hair, and the goatee. Um, he gets up and uh, just looking at his phone, just kind of casually walks out into a crowd of people nodding to a few of the regulars that he sees. And he'll mo- move to the back, uh, the back area of his establishment to pick up the package. Uh, you see a massive box uh, with like oh. a pallet on the bottom of it. Oh, that kind of package. <laughs> I'm sort of disappointed. <laughs> I'll, check, I'll check the box itself. I'm just gonna move my hands around it. So you check the box. It's it's regular cardboard, uh, mm. and if you want it, you could take it off if you uh, at your leisure. Uh, is it a big cardboard box uh, on it, a pallet? It it is a big cardboard box on a pallet, and oh. when you move it, it's it's not terribly heavy. Is anyone in there? No answer. Last chance. Always have to check. And he'll just pull out a box cutter and just start opening it right here. And when you open it, what you find is a massive rock. It should not have been this easy to move this thing around, but it was. And embedded in the rock is the most beautiful blade you have ever seen with a leather bound grip and a massive ruby in the pommel of the blade. He winces for a moment as he stares at it. And this, just to just to get rid of any possible suspicion, he takes off his shades now because he's going to be out here for a second. And then he's going to pull open his cell phone and Google uh, Sword in the Stone Disneyland. <laughs> This episode of One Shot features music from the following artists. Imperial by Midnight Daydream. Summer of 01 by Divisioner. They All Belong by Moments. Accelerate by Lunar Ray. An Old Fashioned Magic Show by Dresden the Flamingo. And Vampire's Bane by Isaac Joel. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online anywhere at The Other Tracy. All right, that's episode two in the kid. Thank you all so much for sticking with us all the way to the end. I truly hope that you're enjoying the wacky story that we're telling here because I'm truly enjoying telling it. And let's see if we can't get these characters to do a little good. And if you're inspired to do a little good, might I recommend Maui United Way. United Way has been helping the people of Maui recover from the terrible wildfires that have ravaged their homes and left their futures questionable. There are plenty of ways to support, give, advocate, or volunteer. 
head on over to MauiUnitedWay.com slash donate to get started in lending a hand. And if you'd like to help us out, please be sure to leave a review on whatever platform you listen to your podcast. This is Noir. Again, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a great day. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show. For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. OneShot is a production of the OneShot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music, which is right now swelling up over my voice, is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Design Doc started as a podcast about designing a role-playing game. Over the years, it's turned into so much more. It's a show about the challenges of burnout, making money from creative projects, and what goes into bringing a game to life. Come along with Hannah and Evan in a living documentation of the game design process. One review described it as the audio equivalent of taking a hike with a good friend. You can search for Design Doc on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.